Hi there. This is the Ant Polly Podcast, a podcast I do just for you, all about the animals in New York City. Some are real, some are fake, but they're all full of personality. Let's go meet them. Today we are going to start off with a story. This one is about Sylvia, the green Quaker parrot. Sylvia was part of a long line of Quaker parrots that lived on the power lines around the Brooklyn College campus. She knew that her great-great-grandparents had come from somewhere far, far away and somehow made their way to Flatbush, Brooklyn, but she never knew how or why. And now she and her family were just part of the neighborhood, like the corner deli or the subway stop. She used to pester her parents and her aunts and uncles to try and get stories about her great-great-grandparents, but they all just shrugged their wings. I mean, you ask me, the rents were cheap, her mother said. Your great-great-grandfather was a real seed pincher, what I heard. But every fall, Sylvia got a big reminder that there must be some kind of story behind why she and all her bright green relatives lived in the power lines around Brooklyn College. Because each fall, when the new students arrived at Brooklyn College, they all gawked and stared at Sylvia and her relatives. They couldn't believe it. Wild parrots in Brooklyn. Eh, what's the big deal? Her cousin Vinny would always say. You's never seen a bird before. But we don't look like any other birds around here, Sylvia shot back. And we definitely don't sound like no other birds around here. They definitely didn't sound or look like any other neighborhood birds. The Quaker parents had bright green feathers and made a loud squawk that sounded like a motor that needed oil. Most of the other birds just made some kind of chirp or quack and had dull brown or gray feathers. Sylvia wanted to get to the bottom of all of this. She wanted to know where exactly they came from and how exactly they got here. Maybe I should go to college and find out how we got here, Sylvia said. Her mother laughed. We ain't exactly college types. Sides, her sister Marie yelled as she preened her tail feathers. You were never the brightest beak on the block. But Sylvia was determined. She even found an old broken paper clip and twisted and curled it until it looked like those fancy glasses she saw lots of the college people wearing. When she could tell that classes were starting, she flew around the buildings until she saw an open window and flew inside a classroom. It was a big room with lots of seats. And when the students saw her, a few shrieked while others laughed and pointed. The professor came rushing at her, shooing her away and waving some loose papers at her. Well, obviously, this was not the class for Sylvia. She flew out the window and looked for another open window to another classroom. The next one was on a bottom floor and she popped through expecting to see another big classroom, but instead it was just a small room with a woman sitting at a desk. The woman looked up from a book she was reading when she heard Sylvia flapping in. Well, the woman said and smiled, if it isn't one of our Brooklyn parrots, and what exactly are you doing here? 
And what are those things on your eyes? Sylvia took a perch on a light fixture and looked back at the nice woman. You seem like you have something to say, the woman said. My name is Angie. Can you say your name? Sylvia just squawked. Sylvia didn't know how to speak to humans, but some of her cousins did. They would perch above the students and listen to them talk and say what they said. Sylvia realized she would have to do that too if she ever wanted to be a student. Ugh, her sister was right. Maybe she wasn't a very bright beak. So you're not a talker, Angie said. Sylvia squawked again. She could be a talker. She would try to be a talker. She had to be a talker if she was ever going to find out where her grandparents were from. Hello? Sylvia heard someone call into the room. Oh, Professor Omar, come on in. I have a visitor. Well, look at that, Professor Omar shouted. I've never seen one so up close. The man came toward her very quickly, and it made her very nervous. She hopped off the light fixture and flew toward the window. He stepped toward the window, and that was it for Sylvia. Goodbye. She was out of there. Oh, don't go, she heard Angie yell. The next day, she went to hang out with her cousins, Eddie and Maud. They were the ones who liked to perch by the outside tables and listen to the students and mimic what they said. Hello. Hi there. I don't know. What do you want to do? Go Yankees. Yankees suck. Mets suck. My car got towed. Go Mets. She knew they didn't sound quite like the humans, but it wasn't too bad. Her cousins told her to start off just working on that. Hello, she kept hearing. Once you've got the hang of that, you'll start squawking like them in no time, Eddie said. Later on, she noticed Angie sitting at a table all by herself. Sylvia flew over, eager to be a talker. Hello, Sylvia said when she landed. Oh my, hello yourself. Angie closed her book. It's good to see you again, and it's quite a coincidence. Hello, Sylvia said again, since that was all she could really say. I'm sorry Professor Omar scared you away, she said. It's just that he's very interested in you. That's why he was here yesterday. Sylvia wanted to know more, so she said all she knew how. Hello. Sadly, I have to go, Angie said and got up. I hope to see you again. Wait, wait. Sylvia wanted to yell after Angie. Why is he interested? Does he know about my great-great-grandparents? Can he tell me where we're from? From then on, Sylvia made her own curriculum. She sat with Eddie and Maude until she got down the basics. Then she started sitting on windowsills and lecture halls, being as discreet as she could. She learned not only how to say the words, but sort of what they meant. She knew a book was that square thing all the students carried around and that I referred to herself. She would swing by the window where she once found Angie and wait by the tables where she once saw her, hoping she could use all she learned to find out what Angie knew. Even Sylvia's mom was impressed with the work she was putting in. Now you're starting to make me curious, you know? Like, where the heck did we come from?
Her mom settled down on the line not far from Sylvia. It really is too bad we's never listened to our aunties and uncles. We was just busy running around, making our own way. We didn't have time for their old stories. Finally, one day, Sylvia spotted Angie again. She trailed her to a building entrance and flew in the door behind her. Whoa, watch it, a woman behind a desk yelled. One of those parrots got in here. Angie wheeled around and laughed. You again. She put two fingers out calmly, and Sylvia realized she was offering her a perch. Sylvia landed on Angie's fingers. Let's go find Professor Omar, Angie said. They walked like that through the quads of Brooklyn. Sylvia perched on Angie's finger, excited and a little nervous. A few students turning in disbelief along the way. Sylvia tried to use her new words. You know where I'm from? Sylvia asked. Say again? I want know where I'm from? Angie nodded. I think I can help you there, she said. Then they reached a building and Angie tapped on the outside of a large glass window until someone opened it. It was Professor Omar. Oh, I'll come out, he yelled. You'll never believe this, Angie shouted. It wants to know where it's from. When the man reached them outside, he said hello to Sylvia and she responded right back. You know where I'm from? Oh, I certainly do, he replied. I've been doing some research on you and your family. That's what I do. I'm an ornithologist. He pulled a few seeds out of his coat and fed them to Sylvia as he began to tell her all about her great-great-grandparents. Once upon a time, an exotic bird collector had gone down to Argentina looking for green Quaker parents ju parrots just like her. In the forest, he had found her great-great-grandparents and stolen them from their home and brought them to New York City. But her great-great-grandparents had escaped from their cages at JFK Airport and broke free into the wilds of Brooklyn. As recently arrived immigrants settling into a new place, her great-great-grandparents had to find a place for their nest that would suit them and help them survive the brutal New York winters. That's when they found their way to the power lines around Brooklyn College. The power lines gave off a nice heat that kept them warm year-round, just like their old nest back in Argentina. It was really smart, Professor Omar said. Your great-great-grandparents were pretty ingenious. Sylvia was so excited and proud to hear, the, to finally hear the story of her great-great-grandparents. They had been strong and scrappy survivors. Sylvia felt proud to come from such tough parents. She flew home and told her whole family the story of their great-great-grandparents. So you're saying was something special, huh? Vinny asked. We really are like all these other birds. Nah, we's real special, Sylvia said, and I's as proud as a parrot could be. As proud as a parrot could be, Marie echoed, and the whole family squawked in pride together in honor of their strong and scrappy great-great-grandparents, who maybe hadn't chosen to come here to this spot in Brooklyn, but had done it all the same, keeping their family of parrots wild and free.
For the first time ever, Aunt Polly's podcast has an official sponsor. This week's podcast sponsor is Snow Leopard Poop from the Central Park Zoo. The Snow Leopard Poop comes with an official verified stamp that guarantees it's Snow Leopard Poop straight from a Snow Leopard. Just use code Aunt Polly at checkout to receive $10 off your very first order of Snow Leopard Poop. What's that sound? <gasps> we have a birthday alert. Yep, it says right here on Aunt Polly's calendar that this Friday is Dirt Carol's birthday. We have an inside report that the birthday party will feature a black bat pinata and some pretty great birthday gifts. Aunt Polly can't wait to get the full report. Happy early birthday, Dirk. A new culture alert. So, some of the museums in New York City that are very large and have lots of space are reopening this week. But since lots of people can't be in one place nowadays at one time, the museums are limiting the amount of adults who can visit at one time. One of the museums is the Metropolitan Museum of Art, or as New Yorkers call it, the Met. The Met is the largest museum in the USA and the fourth most visited museum in the world. It's got all kinds of things inside, including an ancient Egyptian temple and lots of artwork, including a famous painting of a cow skull, cow skull by Georgia O'Keeffe, one of Aunt Polly's favorite artists. That means it's usually packed full of visitors and really crowded. And you know what Aunt Polly doesn't like? Crowds. So she's really excited that she'll be able to visit the Met when there aren't a lot of people inside. She thought it would take forever to get a ticket, but she logged on early and got tickets for this Saturday. She is very excited and she'll report back next week about all the cool things she saw inside the museum. Okay, that's it for this week. And just a reminder, I love you all to the moon and back and can't wait until I get to see you all again.